0: Neves Solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves Solicitors, your complete legal solution. A very warm welcome this evening to The Parents Show on Radio Verulam, 92.6 FM. I'm Lydia L. Corey and tonight's show is all about An incredibly important uh, topic for parents and for children and actually ironically the lead is probably coming more from children on this topic and it's one of the few good news stories at the moment I think we can all safely say that there's a lot of not so good news out there but the good news is that climate change is finally getting the exposure that it should do and it is right in the center of the media right now mainly thanks to Extinction Rebellion and the successful role that it's played in the climate, in bringing a climate emergency into being, and um, and putting it in front of all of us. So tonight, um, we're bringing a selection of fantastic people doing great work right on our doorstep here in St Albans to talk about climate change and families and what we all should be doing. And I'm really looking forward to talking to Kate Jeffrey. She's a behavioural scientist uh, who's looking into the psychology behind why we aren't taking sufficient action against climate change. So I'm really curious to hear what Kate has to say. And then we're talking to local mom Sarah Gillespie, and she's an environmental consultant, mom of three boys, and has decided that this is the most important topic in her family's life at the moment. So we'll be quizzing her about that in about 20 minutes. And last but very not least at all, we have Rani Taylor, local schoolgirl, and she's going to talk to us about her journey through um climate change, where she stands on it, and she's going to give us parents a few tips on what she thinks we should be doing. So uh, join us on Facebook. Uh, We'll be uploading photos throughout the show. Send your questions for any of our guests uh, if you'd like to hear. But starting off, I'm really pleased to welcome Kate Jeffrey to the show. Hi Kate. Hi Liddy. It's great to have you on the show this evening. So tell us, tell us exactly um, what, what your background is. Tell us what you
1: do. Well, my background is actually um, neuroscience, so I'm not a climate scientist at all. Um, I started out um, training to be a doctor, so I'm medically qualified, um, but then I moved into research and now I study the brain and how it makes memories. And then recently I've become very interested in climate change for obvious reasons. And because I work in a psychology department, you know, I've um, got a lot of access to psychological material and psychological ideas, and I've become very interested in why it is that we have had so much trouble coming to grips with this problem. And and what have you found? Talk to us a little bit about what your research has found. Well, so, I mean, I should be clear that I don't research this at the moment, although actually I've just started, so I have some projects just starting to look at this. But um, but my reading is the literature. Um, sort of reveals that there are um, a lot of complex reasons why we're not really coming to grips with it. And it's all to do with um, things like what shapes our beliefs, like why do we believe the things that we believe? And um, when we've believed something, how do we decide whether we need to act on it? And if so, you know, what action and, and how? So it's really a whole... Mix of things, and there's problems at all of those levels with um, with how we're taking all of this information on board. Can you help us understand ourselves? What's going on? What do you think? What 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 pieces are not falling into place? Well, I think there are there are various um, different levels of what's going on. So a lot of people just don't even believe that climate change is is happening. And that's, I think, for a lot of complex reasons. Like we've seen in history that people often find it very difficult to accept information that that threatens their sense of um, security and their sense of who they are. So, for example, when Darwin came up with his theory of evolution, 200 years later, we're still not really accepting it, or 100 or whatever, uh, still not really accepting it. There's still a large number of people who don't believe it. Um, Similarly, the discovery that the Earth is not the center of the universe took centuries to be accepted. And I think this is one of those same types of things. It's um, an an existential challenge to our sense of um, importance, our sense of security. And so I think a lot of people just look for reasons not to believe it. So it's a little bit of kind of ostrich syndrome, is it? It's like on some level we're just
0: going. You know what? I don't want to believe this, so I'm just going to bury my head in the sand. Yeah,
1: yeah, I I think that's true. And even um, when people start to believe it, they often put a wall between their knowledge and their um, emotions about it. So, for example, I, you know, I've known that this has been happening for a long time, but I convinced myself that science and technology was going to deal with the problem and so for you know the last 30 years or so I've been just consoling myself that that we would think of something to make it stop and it's only in the last few years I've started to become increasingly aware that that's not happening and that science is not solving this one and why do you think climate change should climate change should be the priority right now well it's a literally an existential threat for us We are heating up the earth and um, making it slowly but surely less habitable for ourselves and for our children and our grandchildren and, and all future humans. And much of the damage is going to be irreversible. So, for example, once we've melted the ice caps, they're not going to refreeze within the foreseeable future. Um... Once we've made species go extinct, which we're doing at an enormous rate, they're not going to come back again. So we're really stripping the earth of resources permanently and that's going to blight not just our lives but all future lives. So I think it's an incredibly important problem and we really need to wake up and start dealing with it. And what would you say to parents out there who are
0: who are burying their heads in the sand about it? What, what, what do you think they should be doing?
1: Well, I think um, parents need to start to recognize that there is a problem and also to recognize that their children know about this. And the the children often are more aware of it because they haven't had all of these years of thinking that life was just going to carry on the way it always has done. You know, children are much more receptive to new ideas. And I think children are getting very worried about this, and I think parents need to be ready to deal with those fears and to have a, a plan. I think children, they don't necessarily mind danger, provided they feel that the people taking care of them have a plan for how to deal with it and how to keep them safe. Um, so I think parents need to think very really carefully about that. And what what
0: do you think about the situation and how it's escalated the Extinction Rebellion um climate emergencies i mean we had one called in in st albans right the the st albans council called a climate emergency um
1: what do you think what's what's happened well i'm it's giving me a lot of hope actually that um that there's a kind of awakening because a year or two ago i was feeling quite despairing about whether you know this problem would ever be dealt with and i you know was feeling like I was alone in my despair. And then when all of these things started happening, like the school strikes movement started, and then Extinction Rebellion started, and all of this stuff suddenly started happening, I realized I was not alone, and that actually many, many people have been feeling similarly dismayed. And and there's this sense for me that we're at a turning point, or maybe a fork in the road, and um, it's now or never. So that was why I joined Extinction Rebellion. I, I just, it just felt like a movement that was growing very rapidly, and I just thought, really, it's now or never, um, and so let's make it now, or at least try. <laughs> and the name—I I mean, it's 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 so famous at the moment,
0: and I think for some people it probably conjures up a little bit of fear, and for others excitement, you know, possibility, hope, as you said yourself. What what do you think about it as a movement?
1: Well, as a movement, it. It's very um, challenging, I think, for people to, you know, you know, the general public to accept this, you know, extinction is a frightening word, rebellion is a is a frightening word, we're taught not to rebel, people like me have always considered ourselves to be law abiding, you know, so it's a bit of a weird thing. Um, but at the same time, I, I think extinction is not um, a wildly um, untrue word for what we're facing and maybe not in the immediate future, but certainly lots of other species are are, are heading towards extinction rapidly. Uh, and, I, and I think that the fear associated with that word then justifies the rebellion, because I think we have a right to rebel when we feel that we're threatened. And I, I think people are recognising that we do have that right, that we don't just have to meekly accept our fate, that we um, we can tell the authorities, look, we want things to change, and... So that's what we're trying to do, really, to influence the authorities. And it's it's.
0: I've um, heard anecdotally from various people about Extinction Rebellion, and it's something that you mentioned is that that it's open to anybody. And I think people who thought they were the only person who felt this strongly about it have found a home, and also people who would who don't consider themselves rebels, as you said, have also found a home. But but um, and is it is it a is it a positive atmosphere to be in as a group?
1: I've found it a very positive atmosphere because the people in the movement all have this shared goal, which is a fundamentally good goal. You know, they fundamentally um, want the human race to succeed, want wants the planet to be taken care of and loved. They, you know, they want to preserve the w- wonders of nature and all of that kind of stuff. So, um, so there's this very positive spirit, and also there's a sense when you all get together. Of doing something so expending all of that anxious energy and worry you've actually now got a thing that you can do and you're working alongside other people to make change happen and we're seeing that change is happening as you mentioned we've really driven this item um, up the agenda and it's now being talked about whereas a year ago it was it was rarely talked about in the media and so there's a sense of achievement and the sense of um, the possibilities that we might be able to make things happen
0: and it it really attracts all age groups, doesn't it? I mean, if you look at an Extinction Rebellion get-together, it's young children right up to grandmothers, grandfathers, you know, and uh, it really does appeal to such a wide cross-section of
1: society. It does. It certainly appeals to a wide um, range of ages. That's definitely true. There has been some... um talk about the fact that it's not an entirely representative cross-section of society. You know, if you do look at the protests, you do find that they they tend to be predominantly white, predominantly probably um, politically left-leaning, I would say, although I don't know of any data to support that. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> well, I'm guessing. Kind of, yeah. so, uh, so I think we've got a lot of work to do to, um, to reach out to other communities as well, and we're thinking about how to do that now. I think we're going to have to actively reach out um, to I mean,
0: when I when I meant that, I meant kind of age group-wise, but I, I've heard that as well. But I, I think that's probably symptomatic of kind of s- stereotypes and discrimination within society, that it isn't every kind of ethnic or, or kind of s- social cross-section as well. Um, it probably... Extinction Rebellion is probably just a mirror of what's going on in society in the broader extent.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think... Yeah, there are aspects of of how it operates. It's challenging authority, for example, and I think that um, that's something that some people, like me, for example, are relatively comfortable with because we um, don't feel threatened by authority. But I think for people who, for whatever reason, don't have a comfortable coexistence with authority, they're not going to be attracted um, directly into the movement. And so we um, we need to... Um, show them that there are many things that you can do in the movement that don't involve challenging authority and in fact um, only a very small proportion of people in the movement actually get arrested or, or even break the law. Most of us are working behind the scenes um, with the outreach you know, talking to local groups, talking to schools, talking to uh, politicians there's, there's an enormous amount that can be done that's, that's not you know, challenging authority and I think we need to publicise that a bit more. I th- and I think that's an important message for parents to hear. It's like
0: it's not standing on. It's absolutely not standing on top of a tube in Canning Town. You know, it's it's a much much more nuanced and and uh, I suppose multifaceted approach, isn't it? Than than just
1: that. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of subgroups actually w- within it. Um, Where people of a similar specialty get together. So we have just recently me and some other scientists have recently formed a scientists for Extinction Rebellion group. There's a doctors for Extinction Rebellion group and lawyers and um, there's an international group and um, so many different subgroups. And there's, there's this sense that there's a place for anybody in it. And it's a very welcoming organization, actually fantastic and we'll
0: of course be putting some contact details on our on our facebook page uh, if anybody wants to uh, sign up but can i bring it back to the psychology kate so so on one level it's a bit of being an ostrich and is that why it took it so took lo- so long to get to the point that we're at now and and what do you think changed in people's psychology you know to make the whole extinction rebellion Get the traction that it has so suddenly and so unexpectedly.
1: Well, I I don't know for sure, but I can I can look at myself <laughs> as, a, as a you know as to get some ideas. And what happened for me was, although I have known intellectually that the greenhouse effect is a thing and that the numbers on the scales on the graphs were going up and up and up and, and so on, it wasn't really until um, I noticed my own climate changing so for example we had the fiercely hot summer that um, that it switched from an intellectual knowledge to an emotional knowledge and um, I think that might have been the trigger for a lot of people Nin- 2018 was a year when a lot of things happened there were a lot of um, disasters around the world that were climate related like the wildfires in California and, and Siberia and uh, the floods in Queensland and Australia and the cyclone that struck Mozambique and you know, the heat waves, and all, all of these things came along um, one after the other. And I think people could relate to that kind of direct, visible evidence much more than they could relate to scientists showing them numbers and things like that. So so I think that was part of it. And I think also the fact that people started to talk about it, um, and prior to that time nobody was talking about it. And people tend to take their cues from other people a lot in, in terms of trying to decide what's important. And so I think we all collectively thought, right now it's important
0: and i suppose do you think there was a role for greta
1: thurnberg in in this do you think she was a catalyst i do i think she um she kind of um my well, catalyst is a very good word actually she was although she was one small person um i think society was ready for her and in fact she you know she was not the first there, were, there have been individuals, young people, who have been um, campaigning on environmental issues before her, but there was something about the moment that she appeared and, you know, the, just the, the way that she did it, this solitary figure on her own outside the um, Swedish parliament with her sign, you know, uh, that really captured the imagination and, and that just ignited the, this whole movement. It was really incredible. But, you know, Extinction Rebellion came up at the same time, and so it clearly was fermenting as well. So I think um, the forces were aligning, as it were, for society to s- sort of start to recognize all of this. It was just a, a turning point in history, I think. And hopefully one will just keep moving forward with and, and
0: positively, in a positive sense.
1: Yes, I think th- I think this is only the beginning. So raising awareness... Of the problem is the start, but of course, we have to solve the problem, and that's a much harder problem to solve because um, it's a global problem. And what it's going to ultimately require is for you know all seven and a half billion of us to change the way that we live. And it's very difficult to change seven and a half billion people, it's just a very difficult task. Yeah, (laughs) and you know, we have been trying for a long time, and I think if it's going to happen, it's going to we're all going to have to do it together. Absolutely, and and it, ha- and it has
0: to be government-led, doesn't it? I mean, there has to be a will at the top to to make this change
1: happen. Absolutely. I think that's the thing that's different from previous environmental movements is this focus on the authorities because we've seen that trying to encourage individuals to change works. It works a little bit, but it doesn't work at nearly the scale that we need. And people won't be willing to, to make changes that, that you know... Um, disadvantage themselves unless they can look around and see everybody else is making the same changes. So for example, in the Second World War, um, people were were willing to make enormous sacrifices to their lifestyles. Um, But they did that because they could see that everyone else was doing it too. It was a kind of feeling that we were all in it together type of thing. And I think we need that type of mentality, except it has to be on a global scale. So it's going to be quite a challenge. Definitely. And it needs
0: good Good politicians modelling good behaviour, doesn't it? It does. And good solid laws behind them. Kate, thank you so much for joining us. I could talk to you for an hour, but we'll just have to get you back another time. Thank, thank you, you very much for joining us on the Parents Welcome. Show. Welcome. Thank you, Bobby. Welcome back to the Parents Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I'm Lydia L. and tonight's show is all about an incredibly important topic. We're talking about climate change, and we're talking specifically to young people, moms, and experts in the St Albans area who've been doing fantastic work to bring this to the centre of everybody's attention. So we just talked to Kate Jeffrey, who's a behavioural psychologist, about why it is we're doing so little about this up to now. And now I'd love to welcome Sarah Gillespie into the studio. Hi, Sarah. Hi there. It's lovely to have you on The Parents Show. Um, So Sarah's a mom of three and you're an environmental consultant. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So so tell us a little bit about your your climate change journey.
2: Yeah, well... um I, I've always been interested in the environment and I studied it at university um, and then I subsequently went into an environmental career um, and I'm a chartered environmentalist. So that is actually something that exists. Um, so I'm sort of marinated in in environmental issues um, and looking at what the challenges are in the built environment and how we can um, overcome those in a built environment context is sort of my my, my background and where I come from so i 've always been you know love it, you know a, a planet lover I guess, um, but increasingly i've just become more and more concerned about um, inaction on climate change um, so i've 've for many years been Petitioning, you know, every petition that comes up, I've signed it. You know, I've been on marches um, because I, I learned about this twenty-five years ago at university, um, and and nothing seemed to happen, um, and so I've sort of reached this point. Um, and as Kate was alluding to earlier, it's kind of there's this groundswell now, thank goodness, um, in the past year, where it, it feels like. As individuals, we have some some means, some mechanism to try and influence a government in a way that will get them to listen so with um, so the environment it 's kind
0: of it 's been in your blood for a long time, so you 're yeah. not surprised by what we 're hearing in terms of facts
2: absolutely not no unfortunately we 've known about climate change for forty years um, and there 's been Uh, relative inaction on it and um, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change who have been issuing reports for 25 years you know it's like the first call the second call third you know wake up guys wake yeah. up yeah. you know fourth one come on guys we've really got to wake up now yeah. and then the last one that came out like a, a couple of years ago or three four years ago yeah. was basically screaming you know a consensus by scientists screaming out we have got to do something yeah you know we have got to do something and then i've just been reading another report by um the inter- Governmental panel for biodiversity, um, and they're issuing a report um, on biodiversity, which is similarly sort of appalling reading. Really? I mean, I, it's so depressing. Like the number of species that are are going extinct, and the knock-on effect that this will have for us as, as uh, the human race. We rely on biodiversity for so many services that we just, you know, uh, it's very easy to forget how much of our livelihoods and how much of our food chain actually depends on the services that these um, that biodiversity and natural processes provide to us. I mean, we really should be at the
0: stage where, you know, this should be so accessible to every single person, to every individual, right? But it's we're still not quite there. I mean, things have improved massively, haven't they, in the last year? I mean...
2: I think, yeah, in terms of um, public opinion... Uh, I think there's been a massive change over the last year. And, and that's what, what, what I find so hopeful is that, you know, with Greta Thunberg and with Extinction Rebellion, David Attenborough, um, you know, Netflix did a climate change panorama. You know, there's just a lot of information being put out there now about climate change. But the concern that I still have is that just the politicians and national leadership just don't are not getting a grasp of it. Do you think they
0: don't get it or they know the consequences of embracing this means huge change and it means it won't be popular because it does mean bringing in laws and policies that will will affect business probably.
2: Yeah I mean I think um, the the cycles that politicians work to every you know five years it doesn't lend itself for them to make deeply unpopular moves which yeah. are going to benefit society in 20, 30 years' time. Um, but I think they could overcome that through massive public information campaigns. And, uh, and I think there are ways that you could implement these changes in a, in a, in a fair way so that it doesn't um, affect the poorest in society. And it, it's also about galvanising the private sector into coming up with solutions. I mean, um, I think if they cha- they could manipulate some of the systems, you know, the capitalist systems, and I'm not anti-capitalist, I'm just saying if they could do something so that the private sector started say, ah, right, you know, there's a business opportunity here because we're taking away possibly something that people value in terms of lifestyle choice, we can come in and with our ingenuity and creativity we can, um, you know, create solutions. So I, I think business is a, is a massive... um you know answer but without the right sticks and carrots being leveraged by the government they won't they won't do it because they're operating to a business as usual model so that that ingenuity isn't being channeled into solving the climate crisis and
0: i suppose i mean they need they need the incentive but they have to be part they have to be part of the solution oh, yeah. don't they
2: and i think they they would be like the company that i work for you know we're deeply, pretty much all my colleagues are deeply concerned about climate change and want to be doing something positive. Um, but unless you've got clients coming to you asking for you to do something, you, you can't you can't do a, a huge a huge amount. So it's it's about changing all levels of society to generate. You know that change, and I think it could actually be a really positive change for the better. I I I don't think it's doom and gloom. Fantastic. Tell
0: me, Sarah, what was was there an epiphany? Was there a moment when you decided this is it? You know, this. I mean, you've obviously clearly always cared about the environment, but what
2: what changed? Um, well, I think for me, it. I, 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 as Kate was also saying, I I was in a in a really quite dark and depressed place, um, thinking about climate change. So actually I tried not to think about climate change. I sort of went through a phase of trying to stick my head in the sand and see where that got me. But then it didn't get us anywhere. Um, And then uh, we sort of started to see this groundswell with Greta Thunberg and Extinction Rebellion. And I kind of allowed myself to bring my head out of the sand and um, get angry about about it again yeah you know because there was an outlet for 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 that anger now I can do things which I think are making a difference so um, so I guess it's what has happened over the last two years really that's been a kind of changing point for me
0: and what would you say to parents out there because I, like I was saying to Kate as well I do think some parents are probably a little bit scared of the name and scared of the concept they see people being arrested but that's not what it's all about is it about Extinction Rebellion?
2: No I mean they are um, a movement who whose sort of mission statement is to cause disruption and that is to you know grab the headlines and to um, grab the attention of of the government um which you know when i when i was there i was there down in london um two weeks ago you know you're sitting in trafalgar square with police milling around and you're being told that you're going to be arrested in two minutes unless you go and stand back on the pavement and you know that's a deeply stressful and uncomfortable place for me to be i don't i don't like confrontation (laughs) so for for me to be in that position you know i'm massively out of my comfort zone at that point but it's you know it's it's just really important to do but then there are many other roles that you could actually do um with with extinction rebellion as uh, again kate was saying that 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 don't Involve that sort of um, confrontation. I think they had something like 1,600 people arrested over the course of the two weeks. Wow! Um, But those people have put themselves forward to to be arrested. They're sort of you know they've 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 kind of it's a sacrifice they're making to to make the statement. Um, If you choose not to not to be putting yourself forward. For being arrested as as i i wasn 't yeah I, I was choosing not to be arrested, um so you you, uh, you know there's plenty of opportunity to step away because the police don't want to arrest one thousand six hundred people, sure, <laughs> fills up their cells, it fills up the courts, so they don't so if you are not actively going out to get yourself arrested, you won't be, yeah, but I think the the impact that it's had is um extraordinary it's phenomenal really isn't it
0: i i heard one thing from a, an extinction rebellion person uh, um recently and i love it i can't get it out of my head and they were saying it's like get, getting angry with extinction rebellion is like getting angry with the smoke alarm i mean they're they're letting you know about something that's going to save your life yeah. so just get on board yeah. which i do i do like i think it kind of mainstreams it doesn't it
2: yes yeah i mean undoubtedly people are put out you know they have their day disrupted in London but in the scheme of things you know your day is going to be seriously put out in 50 years time if we haven't got a handle on the climate crisis I mean in proportion to, to what's to come if if we don't um, reduce you know start making really serious reductions in our greenhouse gas emissions um, it, it, it's it's negligible you know yeah people having their day day disrupted it's unfortunate but it's you know in proportion to to the disruption that would come is it's it barely registers but i think i think the
0: vast majority of people understand it and and appreciate not maybe not the vast majority but a good good deal of of society do accept the need for change and kind of admire people who will get up and, and do something about it. But I, I'd love to ask you about the, the boiling frog I concept. Can you <laughs> explain that concept to listeners? I think that's a very interesting idea.
2: Um, so, well, the boiling f- frog is kind of an analogy for apparently I, I i don't know if if the experiments actually were conducted, but apparently if you um put a frog into cold water on a fire and bring the the, the 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 pan slowly up to the boil, the frog is completely oblivious it doesn't try to jump out of the pan until it 's too late and it it's it's dead right whereas if you dropped it into hot water straight away would jump out um, because it would see see its danger and it would jump out and it's this kind of idea, that the the boiling frog analogy, that we're kind of sleepwalking off a cliff face without really thinking about it um, or being aware and we're actually leading ourselves down a very dangerous path so,
0: yeah, I think it's very powerful. I think it does re it resonates with me, certainly, but uh, how much is being a mom part of this for you?
2: Um, well, i'm saying you know I've always been um passionate about about the environment, but certainly having children um throws it into really sharp focus because they are going to be around you know um. For, for for, for for much of the the negative effects will have kicked in well within their lifetimes, you know. It it's it it could be easy to say, well, it's not really going to affect me in my lifetime. Um, actually, I don't think that's true. Now, I think you know, I'm mid forties, and um, it will affect me. You, we're already seeing the effects yeah. of climate change, but in our in our in our children's lifetime, if we don't. See steep reductions in greenhouse gases then the consequences could actually be catastrophic yeah you know? I
0: think we're going to have a very angry next generation um if we don't do something about it you know because it isn't it isn't acceptable really is it
2: for no us? I mean, and that's a big part of what why I'm doing what I'm doing because when my children turn around to me in 20 years time and say you know what what did you do about climate change you know, I want to be able to say I did all that I could do within my powers and my my, my zones of influence. I did what I could. You know, I, I, I was down there blockading streets trying to get, you know, the attention of um, the UK government. And uh, if I didn't do that, I don't think I could, you know, hold my head up high in 20 years' time if things have gone wrong. Um, and they're wondering why I was part of the boiling frog generation. Yeah, that's it and that's it's p- <laughs> probably
0: what we'll be known as. Mm-hmm. But the um tell tell us about other parents cuz uh, what do you think uh, other parents should be doing? I mean we're we've gone past the point of paper straws and you know even just your your kind of domestic recycling. That is it's just the tip of the iceberg, isn't it?
2: Yeah, well f- for me, I mean I do what I can within my own home to make me feel like I'm I'm making a difference exactly where I can, where I've got direct control. But um, I think unless you're getting politically active about it, you are not doing everything that you can do. And I think if, if you think making individual actions at home is sufficient, I don't think it is. Um, I'm not saying that you have to get down onto the streets and block streets or join up to extinction rebellion exactly you could but i think you have to start being um more politically vocal be that writing to your mp you know joining marches signing petitions basically letting the politicians know that you think that this is uh, an important issue Um, And it's good to see now that, you know, some of the major parties are actually responding and developing manifestos with, you know, more um, ambitious climate pledges than the government has currently signed up on. And so just applying that sort of pressure to uh, our MPs and letting them know that this is something that you might vote on is already we're already starting to see it having an effect and 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 turning itself into manifesto pledges so i it for me i think the it's trying to get in at that top level at that sort of government national level what can you do and what what can you do within your with it depends on each individual really and what what they're comfortable doing but it's it's
0: about setting the agenda now, isn't it? It's not. And it's influencing whatever way you can because it has to be a top priority with influencers.
2: Yeah, because we will only get the system change that we need across all levels of society if, if it comes down from the government. You know, I, I could go and live in the Outer Hebrides in a yurt and forage for food it's not going to do a blind de- deal of difference to climate change as you know we we all need to be in it together um and that requires like leadership at the government at the international level so that everyone's everyone feels that their sacrifice is contributing to a bigger a bigger change yeah absolutely and so it's I
0: mean we'll put some links on our Facebook page for things that people can be doing but but get active that's what you're saying Sarah
2: yeah yeah start just trying to influence at that at that sort of national level see you know sign up to Greenpeace sign up to friends of the earth get involved in their campaigns Um, you know Come and join Extinction Rebellion. Check out one of the, um, their meetings, and, and 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 just it will open your eyes to things that you can do, and you can find things that you do feel comfortable doing.
0: Fantastic, Sarah Gillespie. Thanks a million for joining us on the show this evening. Welcome back to The Parents Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM and tonight's topic is really one of the most important we can possibly imagine at the moment and it is climate change and we're coming at it from all sorts of angles. So we've had Kate Jeffrey on speaking about um, behaviour and why we haven't acted sooner and we just had Mom, local mom Sarah Gillespie on talking to us about her journey and now a very very important voice to have we have Rani Taylor in the studio with us this evening hi Rani hello it's lovely to have you on the Parents show so tell us a little bit about um, your you go to local school tell us what school and what year are you in
3: so I'm in year 9 at Beaumont school
0: right so not too far from where we're no. sitting now great and tell us is it is climate change a, a topic that's important to you
3: it's becoming increasingly more important to me and some of my friends as it's going to affect our future and everyone's future really.
0: How how did it come onto your radar? How how did you get attracted to it as a topic?
3: As a family, we watched Planet Earth as like it tells you a lot about the planet, but it really showed the damage of single-use plastic and how it impacted our environment. And we at that point we kind of decided as a family we needed to change our uses of single-use plastic. So
0: you're not on your own, you're you're not trying to convince your parents to do the right thing, you're all doing it together. Yeah. Well, that makes things a lot easier, yes, right? Yes, it really does. And do you find that's the case with your friends too? Are they in the same position?
3: I think they are, but they do struggle with different things, because obviously our teenagers, as my age, we like people, like branded clothes, which can impact our planet and people don't realize the effects it's really having until now which it's becoming too late in the end
0: and tell us how how would you hear about this about kind of branded clothing damaging the planet and things like that how how is it on the on the grapevine with you and your friends
3: yes i don't wear as much branded clothing as some of my friends do but I would definitely recommend not buying as much and you can buy some but use it and don't just use it for one occasion and definitely buy less and buy well.
0: And do you, would you go so far as going to second hand stores?
3: Yes, I definitely do go to second hand stores and my mum does as well, which helps because I wear quite a lot of second hand clothes from charity shops and hand-me-downs from neighbours, cousins, that sort of thing.
0: That's brilliant. And of course it makes such a huge impact because it feels like we're kind of spiralling out of control a little bit, yes. isn't it? We all can't keep buying at the same level that we're buying at now, right? And 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 are your friends on a similar wavelength?
3: Uh, I would say that some of them are. Others still don't really realise the impact that it's having on our planet and I have spoken to them quite a bit about what's actually happening and they are very like they want to do something to help but can't always do that.
0: And what does does school have a role to play in all this for you, Rani?
3: Um, I would say that school obviously educates us about global warming as it's part of the science curriculum. But I would say that when it came to coming going on this much that I went on the school strike, my head of year was very supportive of it but didn't authorise the absence which caused some of my friends to drop out of it because they didn't want to like lose their school record of attendance
0: so talk start at the beginning with the school strike Mm -hmm. so when was that and and how did you get involved
3: it was the 20th of september and um we went down to london with a couple of my friends and people from different years and parents and we went first went into st Albans and protested around the clock tower and then we went into London on the Tube and we protested in the park and, and around Parliament.
0: And what? How, how long were you there? How long did it take?
3: Um, we were there for most of the day, so starting in St Albans we probably got there for about nine and then came home about four o'clock. So.
0: How did you feel about it? your absence being recorded?
3: i felt that it was very good as teachers took notice that i was on absence and as my friends knew they told the teachers and everyone found out about it and it helped because people now know that i do go on strike and it helps um other people and probably encourage them to do a bit more and realize that it's actually becoming real like it's not just talk
0: fantastic and and when 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 is the next strike coming up i mean is it do you plan to kind of continue to go on them
3: Obviously, it depends on the time, but I do try and go on as many strikes as possible. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased that schools are supporting that. I know yeah. my, my son's and daughter's school in Fleetville, they, they, the headmaster has, has, have give, has given them permission to yes. go on strikes if they want, which is, I mean, it really shows how it's kind of reached the mainstream, hasn't it? It's mm-hmm. not... A crazy idea to go on strike as, as a, a, young, a young girl. And do you, are, are, is it a conversation at school? Are teachers talking about it too?
3: Um, not so much teachers but there's a lot of students talking about what it actually is and whether they should actually be doing something about it and what they can actually do to do things to help. And for you what, what is the most
0: important part of this topic? What is your priority when it comes to climate change?
3: Um, My priority would be going on as many strikes, which would help get the government to listen and not just talk about it and actually take real action on it. Um, And it's very good that we all recycle. But I I was first told about this, like, reduce and then reuse first. So we must stop producing so much plastic in the first place. And we need the government and big companies to help us with this to make the changes too, Uh because we're not all going to do it on our own
0: absolutely absolutely so you're thinking of it on a few levels you're thinking in your house in your community but you're also kind of thinking on the on the government level which is fantastic that's really it's really great and how do you feel obviously your parents are very much on board with this but what do you feel about our generation what what would you say to our generation about the lack of action so far
3: I would say there's lots of parents do do help because they realize that children Their children will be affected and I think there's lots of parents who don't have children who still help but I would say that we all need to do it and carry on doing it even if it's at the moment not really taking it not really going anywhere you still need to carry on doing it and not just give up
0: that's it so no no chance for giving up and how important a role do you think parents have in in the whole climate change awareness and action
3: I think they have a major part because obviously a parent can control their children. So if their children wanted to go on the climate strike and the parent is saying no, then the child has to listen. So I think the parents play a major role in this and allowing your child to do what they believe in and hopefully the parents should believe in it too. It would really help the child get anywhere and the parent hopefully would see why they're doing it and what benefit it is having on the child.
0: And if you had some simple suggestions, just everyday things that you think that parents could be doing to just make children more aware
3: i think swapping out items so having plastic water um plastic water bottles to like water bottles that you can refill and explaining to the children why they're doing it because it's so good telling saying that you've got a new water bottle but the child might not actually know why you're doing it and other things you could do is switch shampoo in plastic bottles to soap bars which i recommend are really good
0: ah so you're a soap bar user yes well and and they work because i think most parents are out there going
3: really they do work i would definitely say that some um so for my hair it's very thick so soap bars sometimes don't work but i do use the natural um natural shampoo and conditioner from the refill pantry which is really good and refill it in Um, metal containers which we take back every time we reuse because I think it's much better than having plastic bottles every time you run out
0: absolutely because it's it's just not sustainable is it Mm -hmm. anymore so that's a brilliant tip for parents get up to the refill pantry and and just refill or is it can you do every kind of plastic thing anything that comes in a plastic bottle there
3: Uh, yes you can do a lot of things so you have oils you have seeds you have porridge you have shampoo you have conditioner there's lots of things there and from toothbrush, toothbrushes brushes which are made out of plastic you can get bamboo ones there which are much better
0: for the environment yeah yeah excellent excellent any any last tips rani for parents apart like there that's excellent help with with avoiding plastic plastic seems to be one of your um core topics
3: yes <laughs> um i would just say carry Um, try and recycle as much and I'd also recommend for different age children so for like little children the Lorax is very helpful and very imaginative and animated which would help the child understand and for teens I highly recommend The Fashion's Dirty Little Secrets by Stacey Dooley which I watched and actually realised what was actually happening because facts and figures aren't given out very often and Stacey Dooley really put it there and I really realised what was actually happening.
0: That's a brilliant tip as well. So, Stacey Dooley, parents get your children to watch it and actually parents watch it too. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about that. Okay. I hope it's on catch up. Yes. Brilliant. Any last thoughts, Rani?
3: I uh, don't think so. <laughs>
0: That's You've given us some great advice there and great food for thought, particularly for parents because uh, I think the responsibility mm-hmm. is ours to, to yes. get and take some action. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Um, do you
3: want to do a shout-out to anybody while, while you're on air? Uh, shout-out to all my friends at Beaumont and mum and brothers and dad.
0: Lovely, lovely stuff. Okay, Rani Taylor, thanks a million for joining us on The Parents Show this evening. Thank you. Neaves <laughs> Solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parents Show. The friendly team at Neve's includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit NeveSolicitors.co.uk. Neve Solicitors, your complete legal solution.